see you, church. How's everybody doing this morning? All right, good. Good to hear it, man. It's always a pleasure. It's always an honor to see people get baptized. Man, that was just a, a thrill. That was a pleasure. I want to start out by saying Happy Mother's Day to you. All the moms in the house, really, um, we honor you. We celebrate you today. What a special day it is to celebrate the wonderful work of a mother. You know, if you were blessed with a good mother, you will reap the benefits the rest of your life. And uh, at the end of the service today, we're actually going to be handing out uh, very special gifts to all the mothers that are here. And you know, since I have the microphone, I'm going to take just a moment to say Happy Mother's Day to my mom, all right? Where is she at? Where is my mom? Happy happy birthday. Happy Mother's Day. Trying to see if she could hear me. I also want to say Happy Mother's Day to um, my wife, Tricia. She's a wonderful mother to our boys. I just love Uh, both of those ladies very, very, very much. So today we are in part two of a five-week series called The Summit. And the whole idea of this series is to look at the vision of your life, to look at the mountaintop of your life, uh, your one thing. We talked about it last week. And and the whole idea of this series is to try to help us understand what it's going to take to summit that vision, what it's going to take to see that vision become a reality. Last week, we talked about the decision to summit. You know, everything starts with a decision. When there is a decision made, there's always a reaction. There's always things that follow a decision. Once a decision has been made, once we decide to climb to the peak of that mountain, we then have to make some plans. When you make the decision to summit, let's say, for example, when someone makes the decision to summit Mount Everest, okay, some things have to happen. You can't go and just start climbing that mountain. After you've made the decision to summit Mount Everest, you have to make some plans on how you're going to make that happen. You've got to make some plans to get your body ready, really, really ready. You have to make plans to exercise. You have to get ready for the climb. You know, many who have hiked Mount Everest said that it took them three months to even three years to get their body ready for that trek, to get their body ready for that climb. They had to build the muscle. They had to increase their cardiovascular strength to be successful, knowing that their oxygen levels were going to drop by more than 70% the closer they got to the top of that mountain. They made exercise plans to run, to walk, to bike, to swim, to hike for at least 45 minutes to an hour a day, four to six days a week. They would carry weighted packs on their backs to build endurance until they could ascend 3,500 feet carrying 65 pounds in less than three hours. Even seasoned climbers would enroll in training uh, courses to learn skills such as how to use an oxygen tank or dealing with rock falls or handling glacier conditions, navigating in whiteout conditions. And just in case things got really bad, they would learn rescue techniques. Those who made the decision to summit Mount Everest also had to make some plans to save some money, okay? They had to save some money 
to be able to have the right gear, the right equipment, to be able to make the hike up the mountain of Mount Everest. Last I checked, no one has ever climbed Mount Everest in shorts and sandals, okay? It, ha- it takes a little bit of equipment. It takes some preparation. First of all, you have to buy some airline tickets to get to Nepal. You have to have a permit to climb Mount Everest. I don't know if you knew that or not. And the permit is anywhere between four and $10,000 just to climb the mountain. And if you want to go with a guide, if you want to go with someone who's been there, done that, they usually charge anywhere from forty to $60,000. And this doesn't even count the training courses or the gear to make the climb. So when someone makes the decision to climb Mount Everest, it can easily cost them seventy dollars to $100,000. You're going to have to make some plans to save up that kind of money. You're going to have to make some plans to make that adventure successful. When people make the decision to summit Everest, they have to make some pretty good plans to see that vision become a reality. The decision to summit forces you to make some plans, even if you're not a planner. It forces you to make some plans, even if you hate the word plan. You have to make some plans. Without a good plan to climb Mount Everest, you'll end up being a frozen stiff that nobody can find. That's what will happen without a good plan. The decision to summit leads you to the point where you have to make plans for the summit. Church, let me just say, there are some serious mountains to climb in our world today. You know, when we, when we read the news headlines... It's often a very scary venture. We've got headlines that talk about the situation going on in Syria. By the way, Syria's civil war is the worst humanitarian crisis of our time. Half of the country's pre-war population, more than 11 million people, have been killed or forced to flee their homes. We read headlines about ISIS. We read headlines about religious persecution in the Middle East. And we read headlines about horrific happenings to a little girl locally that shocks the psyche. And on and on and on it goes. Church, there are some serious mountains for us to climb in our world today. You know what? There are also many, many opportunities today more than any other day, for us to be the church. Not to just attend church, not to just do church, but to be the church. For the church, which is you, by the way. Let's make no mistake. Let's be very clear. Let's not be fuzzy about this. You are the church. There are opportunities before us for you, the church, to do something about the brokenness around us. To see our faith become action. You know, last Sunday we talked about your one thing. That one thing that stirs your heart, that pushes you to take action. And when God shows you your one thing, you have to make some plans to do something about it. You have to make some plans to summon. But let me just encourage you, okay? 
before you charge hell with a water pistol, okay, before you go after your one thing, before you attempt to summit, you, you need to make some plans. For example, like, how do you plan to lead your family, fella? Are you just, like, shooting from the hip like a wild western cowboy? How's that working out for you? How do you plan to lead your family? How do you plan to lead your business? How do you plan to raise your kids? Hey, that's cool. You, you say you want to change the world. That's great. But what's your plan? You know, at Grace Church, we're growing and we're, we're, uh, we're seeing people get baptized. We're unified in the direction that we're headed as a church. And we're experiencing the Holy Spirit afresh because we have a good plan. We've, we've taken the time to listen to the Holy Spirit of God, to seek His counsel, to listen to His Word, to think through how we're going to minister to and how we're going to take care of people. And those are the two foundational pieces to help you make good for the journey ahead of you. Whatever your summit may be, you are going to need those two foundational pieces. Those two pieces are listening and learning. Listening and learning. Let's talk about listening for just a moment. Are you listening? Okay. That was cheap. Could you imagine what would happen if the climber on Mount Everest who didn't listen to his or her guide. Could you imagine what would happen to that climber who didn't listen to someone who's been there, done that, who has been to the peak of the mountain multiple times? Could you imagine what would happen to the climber who ignored the instructions of his or her guide? Could you imagine what would happen to the climber when, when his guide said, no, don't go that way, go this way? And the climber just refused to listen and just did his own thing. Could you imagine what would happen to that climber? We would all agree the climber that didn't listen to his guide would be crazy. The climber who didn't listen to those who had gone before them, the climber who didn't listen to his or her trainer, or the one who was recommending the right gear, the climber who ignored the instructions given and went his or her own way would be a fool. And they would probably die on the climb if they even made it that far. Church, those who summit listen. They listen. Listening helps us to see. James chapter 1 and verse 19 says, you must all be quick to listen and slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. The true listener is more effective. The true listener learns more and does more good than the one who's always talking. Most of us don't know what our one thing is because we're not listening. And church, here's the hard truth. I believe sometimes hard words 
make soft hearts. And that's why I'm willing to tell you the hard truth. As Christians, we don't have a choice about whether or not we want to summit. We can't stand back and say, nah, not interested. I just, man, I don't have time. I'm really busy. I don't want to, I don't want to climb. Because in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, Jesus Christ, our Commander-in-Chief, our Lord and Savior, our King, said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus goes on to say, Hey, I'm with you. He says in that verse, I'm with you. I'm not telling you to do something that I wasn't willing to do myself. I'm with you. But you have to go. Friends, let's make no mistake about it. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to summit. This mountain that is in front of us, the mountain of taking the gospel to the world, is not only for the professional pastors to climb. It's not just for the elite Christians or the holier Christians. Jesus has commissioned all of us. He has called all of us to go. Pastor J.D. Greer puts it this way. And he just, he knocks it out of the park. He says, there's a widespread myth in the church that a calling into ministry is a special experience that happens only to the spiritual elite. For everyone else, hey, that's you, your duty is to show up to all the events that are planned by the uh, special called ministers, and your job is to pay the bill. Few lies cripple the mission more than that one. The reality is, we're all priests, we're all prophets, we are all ambassadors for Christ. God has called all of us to summit the mountain of taking the gospel to the world. And you know what? God often uses our one thing to do that. He often uses our one thing to spread the main thing, which is the gospel. Jesus has made it very plain. He's made it very simple, very easy to understand. He says, go. Go. But the question is, are we going to listen? Those who summit, listen. As Christians, we, we know the mountain that we are supposed to climb. We're all ministers. We're all supposed to go. We've all been called to our neighbors, to our friends, to our families, to our communities, to the world. So let me ask you, how do you plan as a Christian to summit that mountain? You need to decide, first of all, okay, he said go, I'm going to go, wherever that is. If it's to my coworker or if it's across the seas, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to go. You need to make that decision. And then you need to make some plans. Because that mountain can be extremely intimidating. Many of, many of us, many Christians have no idea where to begin or where to start. But can I just suggest to you that you start by listening to your guide. 
Listen to those who have been down the road further than you have. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7 says it best. It says, remember your leaders who taught you the Word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow their example. Follow the example of their faith. Follow and listen to your guide. We, we all agree a climber on Mount Everest would be foolish, would be an idiot if he didn't listen to his guides. So it is with the spiritual trek. So it is with the spiritual journey. Knowing our purpose in this world, knowing where we're supposed to go, where we're supposed to be, growing in creativity, being able to see the hearts and lives of people, it begins by listening. You know, Mark Twain put it best. He said, if we were supposed to talk more than we listen, we would have two tongues and one ear. The sad reality is, most of us don't really listen very well. If we do manage to listen, we're often just waiting until the other person finishes so we can say what's on our mind. And that's not really listening. Poor listening rejects. Good listening embraces. Poor listening diminishes the other person. It makes them feel worthless or not valued. While good listening invites them to exist. Invites them to matter. The result over time by not listening is we seal ourselves off from other people. We don't really know them. We don't really understand their concerns. Uh, we, we don't really know what the truth of the matter is. And the reality is, we don't really care. All we really care about is what matters to me. Eventually, however, as our lives move down the non-listening path, we become more and more isolated. We lose touch with those who are closest to us. We become more and more self-absorbed. And we often become painfully ineffective. The Bible calls this living like a fool. Proverbs 18.13 says, The fool gives an answer before he hears or listens. The wise person, the one who listens, is, is not easily offended. They listen from a non-judgmental stance. They try not to formulate opinions or responses until the full update is on the table or until they have heard the whole story. You know, when we listen, the creative juices begin to flow. We grow in our intelligence. Our imaginations increase and our influence reaches new heights. By not listening whether it be in your personal life, in your church, or in your business, your influence will dry up. The second foundational ingredient for the climb ahead, for the journey ahead, in order for us to summit, we have to be willing to learn. Listen and learn. Those who summit, learn. First of all, let me just say, if you already know everything... Why are you here? Can I just ask that? Okay, if you know everything, please, 
if you could just kindly exit and go solve all the world's problems right now. I'm going to give you a couple minutes. Go ahead and go. Okay. But for the rest of us who don't know everything, we have to ever be learning. Those who summit learn. They have to be learners. God gave us minds, and we need to use those minds. Let me share just a couple verses to validate from Scripture the importance of learning. The Apostle Paul was talking to a group of men in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 20 when he said this. He said, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. How many fellas need to hear this today? Right? Do not be children in your thinking. He says, be children or be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be a big boy. Be grown up. Be mature. Be sophisticated. Be fully grown. Be ready in your thinking. Paul says, use your mind. And he also encourages us in 1 Thessalonians 5.21 to test all things with our minds. You know, a good leader has to be a good learner. He or she cannot be gullible or simple-minded. A good leader has to have some street smarts. A good learning leader weighs things out, considers the pros and the cons, and always uses good rationale for the decisions that he or she makes. Careful thought is not contrary or against a reliance on prayer. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, he said, Think over what I say. Think about it. For the Lord will grant you understanding in everything. Think about what we're talking about here. Think about it. God's way of allowing us to see into His heart or to see into His mind it does not bypass the intellectual process. Using our mind, careful and meticulous thought is not counter to a reliance on prayer and the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, are, are you learning? Are you learning? Are you growing? Are you challenged in your learning? Who are you learning from? You know, I know some leaders who can only learn from people who are just like them. They think the same. They vote the same. They see the world through the same lenses. You know, whenever I see someone like this, I feel sorry for them. And I feel even worse for his or her followers. I feel sorry for them because they're going to be cut off from a world of information they're going to be cut off from a world of powerful ideas that God could use to challenge them, to stretch them, to grow them up as a follower of Jesus Christ. Some of the best lessons that I have learned have come from very unlikely people in very unlikely places. Who can you learn from? You know, as you grow as a Christian, as you grow as a leader... Let me ask you, is, is your learning bandwidth, is it getting narrower or is it getting wider? 
We all need to expand our learning bandwidth. We need to be willing to learn from anything and anyone. Pastor, did I just hear you say anyone? Yeah, you did. Let me say it again. You need to be willing to learn from anything and anyone. And to be that kind of a learner, you have to be grown up in your faith. You have to be a big boy and a big girl and you have to pull up your britches and you have to tighten your belt. You have to be discerning. You need to separate the wheat from the chaff. You have to balance stuff out and subject it to the Holy Spirit of God and to the Word of God. And then you take the good and you leave the bad. You eat the meat and you spit out the bones. If we ever hope to summit the mountain of reaching La Plata County with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have got to get better at listening and learning. Learning has the power to transform us. We had better increase our bandwidth for learning so we can better understand. And church, let me just say this. Okay, let me say this. Let's strive to understand before we strive to be understood. Let's try to put ourselves in other people's shoes before we try to force them to walk in our shoes. Let's strive to understand before we strive to be understood. I'm going to close this morning with a little challenge, and I call it the listening challenge, all right? All the fellas just gave me dirty looks. It's all right, guys. You can do this, okay? This week, here's the challenge. I'm going to challenge you to listen to someone you're close to. This isn't just for the fellas. This is for the ladies as well. Listen to someone you're close to. It may be your husband or your wife. maybe your child. It may be your parents. Try listening to a difficult uh, business colleague or someone that you work with that you just have a hard time listening to this person. And you know what? You don't even have to do it perfectly for the results to be quite remarkable. All of us want to be listened to. We all want to be heard. And when someone senses that you're really listening to what they have to say, amazing things happen. Solutions can be found that were never imagined. Understanding can be reached that had once seemed impossible. Old angers and resentments can be overcome. Frustrations can just fall away. Everyone feels better when we lead with our ears and we truly listen. We truly listen. So I want to encourage you to take the listening challenge. Commit to listen for one week it means that you're quick to listen and you're slow to speak. And just watch what happens. Your learning is going to increase. Your understanding will increase. And by simply listening, it will change your relationships for the better. Church, in order for us to go where God wants us to go, we have to listen and we have to learn. We have to listen to the whispers of the Holy Spirit we have to listen to those who have been down the road of faith 
further than we have. We have to listen to our guides. Those people that God has placed into our lives to offer encouragement. Those people that God has put in our lives to offer godly counsel. Those people that God has put into our lives to give us a kick in the pants when we need it. We have to listen and we have to learn. We need to be willing to learn from God and His Word. Are you learning? Our learning bandwidth has to increase. Approximately 4,000 people have made it to the summit of Mount Everest since 1953. So just to give you a little comparison, close to 1,000 people have traveled into outer space. So if you can say, I climbed Mount Everest, it is quite the accomplishment. Very small amount of people have ever done it. Very few people can say, I have climbed Everest. But you know, those who made it to the peak, they did so because they were willing to listen. They were willing to learn. Church, let me ask you, have you intentionally made space in your life to listen to God? Do you spend time in His Word? Some of you may think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. We have got to spend time in God's Word on a daily basis. Every day. Even if it's just a verse, you've got to take in God's Word. Are you making opportunities to hear from God through prayer? Are you taking opportunities to hear from God through your involvement at church? Are you learning? I'm going to say, if you're not learning, you're probably not listening. Once you've made the decision to summit, once you've made the decision to do something about your one thing, you need to make some plans. And the best plans are made by those who listen and learn. I'm going to close this morning with a few Proverbs from God's Word. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtains guidance. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 9 says, Instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous, and they will learn even more. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 8 says, The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. Proverbs 18 and verse 13 says, Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Proverbs 18 and verse 15 says, Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Always ready. You know what? And those who are ready to listen and learn, they are void of pride actually very humble and just, just ready to have their cup filled by God. Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. Those who summit listen and learn. 
those who summon, listen and learn. I'm going to close in prayer this morning. Father God, help us to be leaders who listen and leaders who learn. In so doing, we know that we will grow in knowledge and understanding. We know that our influence will widen. Father God, we recognize that without you, all the knowledge, all the wisdom, all the planning, all the listening is useless. Like the psalmist says, unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. So Lord, I pray this morning that we would begin, we would start by listening to you. We would start by learning from you. Father God, may you build up the people of Grace Church. I pray that you would build them up to a place of influence in this region so the gospel of Jesus Christ may spread like never before. Please, God, let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray.